Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Tilney Investment Podcast. I'm Duncan Scott, Director of Investment Management from Tilney's Cambridge office, and I'm talking today with Ben Seeger-Scott, our Head of Multi-Asset Funds, about global macroeconomic events um, and generally investment markets. Before we begin, though, here's some important information. Nothing in this recording is intended to constitute advice or a recommendation, and you should not take any investment decision based on its content. Any opinions expressed may be subject to change without notice. Remember that the value of investments can fall as well as rise, and that you may not get back the amount you originally invested. Past performance should not be considered a reliable indicator of future returns. Different funds carry varying levels of risk depending on the geographical region and industry section in which they invest. You should make yourself aware of these specific risks prior to investing. If you're unsure about the suitability of an investment, or if you need advice on your specific requirements, you should seek professional financial advice. So, Ben, uh, when I'm talking to my clients, the one thing that uh, inevitably comes up in conversation is Brexit. And of course, this week we've had a new prime minister in the UK and one who's pledged to take us out of the EU come what may in October, even if that means a no deal Brexit. How do you think that will affect investment markets? And uh, importantly, how do you think we can position our investment portfolios to minimise the effect for clients? Absolutely. And Brexit, as you say, just goes on and on and on. Um, and really, it's something we've been thinking about for, for a couple of years. And really, it's about sentiment and embracing uncertainty. In terms of what we can do to mitigate the exposure, obviously, what we try and do with all of our investment strategy is keep diversified. Diversification means you're not ex- overly exposed to any one event and certainly and I think we've certainly talked about it with clients before what we don't want to do is make significant bets on what are effectively binary outcomes we're here to take a long-term view and try and manage through the risks rather than take very very strong bets um, either way Um, and really you can't wait uh, until there are significant risks in the market or those risks have resolved before investing. Part of investing is actually about embracing risk. The reason you're rewarded, particularly in equity markets over the long term, is for embracing that that risk. So if you're not taking risk, there's nothing really to be rewarded about. As you say, though, the the situation has changed um, quite significantly over the last few months. Certainly, there's been a hardening of the outlook. So what we try and do is look at the market and assess where the balance of probabilities are, because that's fundamentally what investing is all about. And where we are now is sort of towards the the harder Brexit side. We've talked before about cable, so um, dollar sterling exchange rate. That's our our normal pressure release valve. Historically, we've talked around $1.30 used to be the break even. Now, I think that's reset towards the lower end around the the $1.25 sort of range. That to us suggest a harder form of Brexit, but a deal Brexit. And don't forget, you know, all of Parliament and Europe want some sort of deal. Now, how much is a negotiating tactic? It's difficult to say. Um, but I think the base, our base case and what the market is pricing in is some sort of deal, but potentially a harder deal. And I think if you were to focus a lot on Brexit, you might want to, to decide what you do um, with your UK exposure. But actually, the UK has a lot of opportunities and there is also a risk of not being invested in those opportunities. The UK market is is pretty unloved at the moment, so there are good opportunities to be had. Following on from that, um, the other thing that clients are concerned about is a change of government. Um, and we could, in the short term, see a, a general election. If we saw um, a government of... Uh, of a left-wing nature, how would you, th- how would that change our investment outlook 
and uh, would there be any immediate action that we would take or would it be taken um, f- leading up to that event? Um, I, th- I think it would depend on the, the exact path. Obviously, it's something we think about. We do a lot of wargaming, what if this, what if that. Uh, and as we've written about previously, actually around the time of the, the snap election a couple of years ago, I think uh, on the current outlook, the Labour government would be unambiguously bad for, for sterling assets is, is sort of the, the, the phrase we've been using. Um, I think if it became more likely, we would have to seriously look at our UK position. As it stands today, the probability of a Corbyn government is arguably slightly higher. Uh, but you could make a, a more nuanced argument suggesting, if anything, it might be less likely, particularly given the, the results of the uh, EU um, election, the European elections, the drubbing that the main parties got actually, ironically, has suggested the two main parties, neither of them really want an election today. So you could argue it's slightly further out. But certainly it's it's on the radar and intensifying. Typically, we would say you don't have to worry too much uh, about politics. You have the pressure release valve of the currency. You have global companies based in the UK. Um, there are differences with, with the Corbyn government. Not least, even multinationals would likely be hit through the equity channel via earnings. So if you increase corporate tax, obviously one of the key labour policies, that would almost immediately impact uh, corporate earnings for the UK, even the multinationals. And if you do anticipate a significant spending splurge, then that leads to higher issuance of government bonds, which would push the bond price up, particularly today where bonds look extremely expensive. Your 10-year gilt yield is currently in uh, the 0.6-ish percent. Very, very expensive. So any sort of increase would leave those fairly vulnerable. That said, the likelihood of a Corbyn government is still pretty remote. And the current calculus makes it actually quite difficult for any one party to get a majority. And I think, uh, as we put in our, our Pulse piece quite recently, if you have a coalition or even just a slim majority, it makes it that much harder for the more extreme policies to come through. So if we did see that risk coming through, we'd take a, a long, hard look at our sterling and UK exposure. As it stands, though, I think it is relatively unlikely on the balance of probabilities, I'm actually still quite happy in the UK. The UK is being sucked into some of the the global challenges and some of the sentiment challenges, um, particularly from the US and China. But actually, if you look domestically, wages are very strong. So the the latest wage numbers, uh, core wages are up 3.6% year on year. That's well ahead of inflation at 2%. So real wages are rising quite strongly. And inflation, uh, sorry, retail sales are looking pretty solid as well. So there's a strong consumer in what appears to be a relatively attractive market. So to me, the balance of probabilities from the politics looks relatively okay. And there are good opportunities in the UK. So very happy still be invested here. You mentioned there um, trade situations elsewhere in the world. Um, and we've seen tensions between the US and China. And uh, also, um, more recently, Iran and the situation in the Gulf. How do you see that playing out and what um, effect and impact do you see that on investment markets? And are we adopting any different strategies as a result of that? Depending on the exact cause and source uh, really impacts the outlook. The US and China is certainly something we're focused very much on. Some of the tensions in the Gulf... Um, we are we're watching closely. They're not really impacting markets, surprisingly. Normally, you might expect uh, the oil price to spike on the back of any sort of uh, Gulf activity, but actually, the the oil market has largely shrugged that off. Brent crude is hanging in the sort of mid 60s at the moment. That's below where it was earlier in the year, where it was in the mid 70s. Latter part of last year, it was up in the mid 80s. Is there a point at which that 
uh, the tension might start to affect that? It could do, certainly if it, if it accelerates. Uh, and I think that's where, where the politics is, is the one to watch. Arguably, even though there are tensions, obviously we've had ship seizures, starting with, with the UK seizing the ship off Gibraltar, and now the uh, Iranians seizing British flagged ships. And that gets a lot of news. But actually, if you look through it, again, you can build, and this is what I think the markets are, are focused on, you can build a positive case. I think we're now quite used to maritime activity, tensions being released there. I think what's most important, you look at um, some of the, when um, slightly slightly related, but when the, the US looked to retaliate to its drones being shot down, was going to send in some warcraft uh, aircraft and pull those back. What I think is most important, all the sides, I mean, taking a ship here and there, it's not good for the companies involved. In the grand scheme, it's relatively small fry. And it, at the moment, it's quite good that it looks like it's just ship seizures, drones, most importantly, no uh, no casualties. I think as soon as people um, start getting injured and people get involved, that's where I, I think you might see things uh, get a little bit hotter. As it stands, seizing ships, shooting down drones, not great. It does lead to more tension, um, but I think that's a sort of simmering situation. So as long as it doesn't accelerate, um, I think the oil price will, will move sideways. And, and obviously oil price, you don't want the oil price spiking too much it acts as a tax and that too could push up inflation but also drag drag the broader economy down and the us and china do you see that continuing or is that a, a bit of um, brinkmanship on the part of trump um it is it's very hard to say certainly that the situation has cycled round from where we were at the start of the year expecting a resolution and it's impacting sentiment so it is starting to have a material impact we look at business surveys. A key measure is uh, global purchasing manager indices. JP Morgan produce a series that that has most recently fallen to 49.4 and anything below 50 indicates contraction. So that is starting to have an impact. And if that becomes embedded, it be- could become a more serious problem. That said, the outlook and what the market is pricing in and our base case is for some sort of muddle through. Uh, and I think that is the most likely outcome. We've had uh, increase in rhetoric, but post some of the meetings, there's not likely to be a resolution, but it looks like some sort of mud- muddle through will be achieved. I think it's important to remember that supply chains are relatively fragile, but we've now had a year of these tensions. There's been plenty of time for some of those supply chains to, to reorganise, to basically adjust to the new paradigm. So I think as long as it doesn't accelerate that there's a muddle through case to be had. That's what the market is really pricing in today. And I think that that's quite a positive. What will be most important is seeing how this broadens out. And, and there is this new front, this technology front, uh, Huawei being being put on the entity list, then taken off. I think if you saw it broadening out into a broader uh, strategic issue around technology, which is potentially where it's heading, then that could start to have a more material a medium-term shift. But ultimately, what we need to see is markets having greater confidence, which, I mean, partly relates to Brexit, to be honest, in the UK, but also with, with the US and China. If you can't get business business confidence back, that becomes a problem. We talked just before about the consumer, but if companies are worried, they stop hiring more workers, they stop investing in capital and projects, ultimately that trickles down to consumer, and that's what could drag us down. So I think we need some sort of surety to help businesses get confidence and maintain this cycle for longer. And, and how do you feel about equity markets generally? Worldwide, they're, they're pretty high. The S&P went through 3,000 for the first time quite recently, despite all of the challenges with 
uh, that we've mentioned. Um, and in the UK, they're pretty robust despite Brexit on the horizon. Um, some people fear that we're in bubble territory as we were at the early part of this century. Um, and of course, there are some warning signs. You mentioned the Purchasing Managers Index falling earlier. Do you see any big fears of a, of a big you know, fall away of, of equity markets? Um, I think the, the trouble with markets, downturns are both inevitable and impossible to predict. So they could happen at any time. The important thing is to ride it through and accept, again, part of the reason you're, you're rewarded is the, the risk of this volatility and the short-term uncertainty. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's about valuations. Markets are upward trending. They tend to rise over time because earnings steadily increase. So it's much more important to focus on valuations. There's many different ways to, to measure the value of a company. Quite often, it's price compared to earnings or price to, to its book value, its net, net asset value. Um, but I think if you look at valuations, they are a little expensive at a, at a global level. They're a long way from what would traditionally be called bubble territory. So if you look at uh, the MSCI All Country World Index, for example, currently the forward PE is around 16, 16.1 times. That compares to 14.9, which is its 10-year average. So a little bit expensive, but not extreme. If you cast your mind back to .com, that was up in the sort of mid to high 20s. 25 um, is pretty stretched. So expensive, but not too much so. But actually, if you look at the UK, the UK is relatively cheap as we stand today. Um, it's currently on 13.0 times compared to its 10-year average of 13.3. So valuations aren't necessarily stretched. And there is an argument, uh, and actually mathematically, when you have low interest rates, that tends to push valuations higher. The uh, interest, prevailing interest rates indicate a discount rate. And when that discount rate falls, that can push up the, the value of equities. So there's reasons to, to justify a slightly elevated uh, level of equities. doesn't necessarily mean uh, a downturn is any more or less likely. But from my point of view, what it does mean is you don't have that margin of safety. We were much more positive on equities at the start of the year, particularly when equities looked outright cheap. Now they're back, back to fair value. It's not a reason to worry. Um, in, in suitable mandates, we've started to take some profit from that trade at the beginning of the year. But it's certainly not heading for the hills because we see a downturn. What we're saying is it's fairly valued. You'll get earnings doing the, the heavy lifting from here, but you don't have that margin of safety. So slightly expensive, justified probably, but there's no sort of downside protection. So a more neutral outlook. Thanks, Ben. Um, that's very useful. Thanks for your comments. Uh, we'll be back again next month with a new episode. If you have any feedback at all, any questions or comments, please send us an email at podcast at tilney.co.uk. And uh, thanks very much for listening. Thank you to all of those who have been listening and giving feedback to the podcast so far. If you haven't already done so, please make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast so that the next episode comes straight to your feed. And if you have a few moments, please leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you want to keep up to date of when new episodes are coming out, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tilney Group.